author, business owner, HR executive guru. My guest today is Tracy Hunt. Tracy, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here today. I am excited to be here today. <laughs> and I know it sounds kind of rote, like I'm excited, but I really am because you've got some really cool stuff. You've, uh, I know you've worked for Corporate America. You have your own HR uh, executive consulting firm, which I can't wait to hear all about. You're an author. You've got some great philosophies on building leaders and I just, you know, it's very exciting. I don't know where to start except other than, rather than me introduce you, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? I am happy to. Uh, my name is Tracy Hunt, of course. I actually began my career in not the most traditional way. I started out wanting to major in accounting and got a degree in accounting, only to then flow into vocational education with a major scope on HR training and development. So I ended up understanding full well how to write competency-based trainings. So then I was bitten by the HR bug when I was in an office management role with full P&L responsibility. And then I decided to go back and get my master's degree in HR. So mm -hmm. in human services, human services administration with an emphasis on HR management. I had the fortunate opportunity to have a very progressive HR career and because of my astute business acumen, I always ended up being very involved with benefits, compensation, those things that really touch the P&L, which put me in the room with the CFOs and the CEOs. Um, it was very beneficial for me. I always say I was in the right place at the right time a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so I was very fortunate to end up doing HR in retail, hospital, manufacturing, and the most notable role, of course, was uh, uh, chemical manufacturing specifically as well. Uh, I've started HR, I've rebuilt HR, uh, and I've done everything along the spectrum within every discipline in HR. So most notably, as I was saying, uh, I was the VP of HR and Public Relations for Philadelphia Coca-Cola in the Philadelphia region for 11 years. And then when they integrated North America, I went on to um, take on a role in a very large not-for-profit, which really helped me to be able to know how to service nonprofit clients. Mm -hmm. um, they had 2,800 employees. I took on a chief HR role to ultimately give them the two years I promised. And then I started my own company, Total HR Solutions, in 2013. And you wrote a book. Yeah. Tell me about, I know we're jumping right into the book, but I'm so excited about it, folks. I don't know if you have a copy of it, Tracy, there. I can hold chance. it up. There it is. Folks, it's called Silent Overcomer. Trauma comes in all shapes and sizes. Tell me about the book and what was the motivation for writing that book in regards to your journey and how it came to print? It's really interesting. I started writing the book probably about four years ago. And I didn't set out to just decide to write a book four years ago. It was through a series of interactions and um, coming to grips with 
who I was as a person through a lot of leader development that I was experiencing when I was a vice president at Coca-Cola. And it's really interesting how this um, has evolved over time. I was at a uh, leadership training at Coca-Cola and I'll never mm -hmm. forget it. I was one of the youngest VPs ever um, recruited into the Philly region. I was only, I think about 34 years old. Um, and I came in, I was recruited in as a vice president and I was at this leadership training that was in Texas. Okay. And I'll never forget having to go to this training and where we have all these opportunities to share. And so I'm in this training that's an away training. I have a nine month old child who I didn't know I was gonna have to be totally disconnected from. And this is where I say in my book, looks are not as deceiving as we think. The person who was leading the training came up to me who also wrote my afterword in the book and said, when are you going to start achieving because it's the right thing for you and you love it versus achieving because you're trying to prove someone else wrong? Hmm. Okay. So you talk about the light bulb going, wow, you mean to tell me I didn't, I haven't been covering this up that well that they can see so clearly that there's a measure of overcompensation. And what happened for me was as I began to get more and more um, awareness of how I had really, when I began to really self-evaluate and, and, and look inward to recognize how I was showing up while I was successful, I was really not operating 100% in my authentic self. Okay. And so my mantra as a leader had begun to uh, be grow the person, grow the leader, grow the organization. So while I'm talking about growing people, here I was needing to some degree a lot of growth myself personally so that I could then be at my optimum. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what um, we say person leader organization and, and as far as trauma is concerned, what kind of trauma is it that people are experiencing that's affecting their leadership? So when we're leaders, we make decisions as leaders. Everything that comes across our desk, everything that we do in life in general, whether it has to do with leadership at home, leadership at work, wherever you are, you're making decisions and determinations based on your lens. Mm -hmm. That lens of how you view others, that lens of how you view yourself. And so what I was coming to realize is that while we're operating in a space of not being authentic, we may not be necessarily able to meet people where they are if we're not even fully in touch with where we are. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was going back and reflecting on more specifically when I was at Coca-Cola, this is just a real story. Sure. I remember being in spaces where there were times where I felt the need to have to do everything perfect. There was no margin of error whatsoever because the way I saw myself is having to prove that I was as good as the people in the room. And so, and a lot of what was driving that was the trauma that I had faced of making me feel like I was less than. Mm -hmm. And so 
as leaders, how we meet people is based on where we see ourselves. And so if I'm feeling like I'm less than, there were times where I was being more cautious than I needed to be. And I probably could have taken bigger risk as a leader. I could have put myself out there more. And so as I was going through this training, I learned about reframing. And so I was so concerned that I didn't have the best childhood. These people came from Ivy League schools, some of them. There are all these things that get in the way and they begin to challenge what our lens is for how we perceive information and then how we convey information. Okay. Now, I I totally get that. And I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking, I'm like, okay, and maybe it's not so much trauma, but let's say someone's uh, growing up, maybe they were bullied, maybe they were shy, maybe there was that one or two instances where they were um, humiliated or shamed, or it could have been something along the lines of uh, made, I don't know if I said this again, made fun of. And then as they get into leadership, uh, as they even get into the working world, they start to feel that, well, people don't really want to be around me. Um, I'm going to do a project, but because of my experience, maybe even as far as high school or elementary school, people aren't even going to want to want to join me. They're going to not think I, I have a good idea. And right. someone may say, yeah, that's a good idea, but I still have self-doubt. And right. so that may hold me back from going 100% in maybe. I mean, is that kind you of what you're totally there? But what you don't want to do is dress it up and say it's not trauma. It's trauma. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, PTSD. And that's why my book speaks to trauma coming in all shapes and sizes. We've been groomed and, and our society has almost made us feel like if we weren't raped, if we weren't homeless, then our trauma is then minimized and marginalized. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was when I was writing my book, my publisher, Publisher Purpose, was saying to me, it was so awesome. She said something that was so profound. She said, it's a shame that people want to enter into what's called the pain Olympics. My pain's bigger than your pain. So then because my pain's bigger than yours, yours is no longer relevant. And so trauma affects us all in a very different way. And so the person who wrote my forward is a licensed psychologist. And whatever your trauma was, it has an effect. Whether And so what we do is we suppress it and we say, oh, that's just something that happened we were, when we were younger. We don't even understand or want to recognize that it's really important that we work through that trauma because it's showing up and manifesting in some other area of our life with how we deal with people, how we deal with leaders, how we deal with employees. Think about it. When we operate from a space of understanding, we can be a more empathetic, a more vulnerable, and a more transparent leader mm -hmm. because there's liberty and transparency. When we are willing to be our authentic self and operate unapologetically in what our truth is, knowing that we've reframed things that weren't to our good to say, they helped me to be better. Yeah. Then look at the difference in how we come across versus trying to dress it all up and play like nothing ever happened. And then we suppress it. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I, I also see it. I wonder, I see it in leaders that are overly controlling. 
in a way, I, I have to think, well, what kind of trauma did they have yes. that made them so controlling in the work? I mean, the, 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 the whole um, purpose of my book is to show how trauma happens progressively through life. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to try to attack the whole thing at one time. And not to hurt animal lovers' feelings, but they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I don't think anybody's out there eating elephants, so I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I don't love animals. I love animals. I have a seven-pound Norfolk Terrier, and I would never take a bite out of her. And we love elephants, too. We love elephants. Right. Exactly. So you, what I encourage the readers to do when they read my book is to attempt to identify trauma at those different stages of your life, because typically it's cumulative. Anything that happens to you is compounded. So the lens that you take from one stage to the next has been affected if you haven't dealt with the thing that occurred prior to it. Mm -hmm. So I challenge the reader to not try and, 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 and address their trauma in one large aggregated way, but instead look at each stage of your life and be able to say, okay, this is something that happened to me and I think it would be to my benefit or I know it would be to my benefit to reframe that. Okay. So folks, if you understand what Tracy's saying here is trauma and, and that you experienced uh, growing up and throughout your life is affecting your, your leadership style. And now some people might say, well, I, I don't have any trauma. This is just my, this is my leadership style. How do you get across to folks to maybe look inward to, to maybe maybe find that, uh, make that connection. It's really funny you say that because there's a saying, change is inevitable, growth is optional. <laughs> uh, I, I tell people all the time, when you meet that person who says, that's just how I am, then that means they've decided they're finished growing and anything that's not growing is dying mm -hmm. because nothing can just be sustained exactly like it is. Things are always evolving and we're always having to reinvent ourselves because you may be a master at what you think and um, showing up one way. You know, they, the, the great, amazing makeover. And I say this is happening right now in the world. When you interview people, they need to stop doing those interview training courses because people interview well. Then you meet them in person and you're like, is that the, and when you hire them, it's like, is that the person that I interviewed? They interviewed so well. It's almost like an acting gig, right? So, but we have to be really careful doing that. When you grow as a leader, you want to grow yourself holistically because if, if people who think that, and remember I said, I was one of those people who thinks you can turn off everything that's going on and go and show up with your best self at work. It's nothing more than an acting gig. When I can go and bring my whole self having been, you know, refined and, and, and been introspective and, and know that I'm bringing something that I've worked on and it's my best self, I'm going to show up differently. Yeah. Wow. Folks, did you get that? It was, was it, you can um, say that again. Give me that quote one more time. Change is inevitable. Growth but, is optional. But growth is optional. Folks, that is the money shot of the day. Drop <laughs> the mic. We're done. No, I'm just joking. Thank you. Oh, I've got some amazing 
folks that um, have been mentors to me, and you'll see a lot of them throughout the book. And I have a lot of contributors. You know, they're all CEOs, doctor of psychology, best-selling authors, because this is not something that I just thought up and, and I'm so brilliant. It's something that they were able to identify with as leaders. And we want I wanted to ensure that people could understand that this is stuff that happens across all walks of life. I've had men to call me who have read the book. I've had women. I've had all nationalities. It's all genders. That is just an amazing um, testament to the fact that trauma does come in all shapes and sizes. And it's no respecter of persons. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Can you, um, and I, I want to ask you a little bit more about how your journey affected you as an entrepreneur, but if someone's currently experiencing trauma right now, what would you say to readers that are currently experiencing trauma? Let's, focus, let's just give me one more answer about the book because I'm fascinated with this whole subject. And then I want to talk about you as an entrepreneur. Awesome. I would challenge any person who's experiencing trauma right now, first of all, recognize that it doesn't have to be forever. You have the opportunity to make the choice to connect with someone or something that can begin to get you on a path toward healing and wholeness, but you have to have the will to do it because nothing and no one can override your will, your individual Mm -hmm. will. So you have to have the will to want to be your best self and the will to want to be healed and whole without continuing to operate from a place of suppression and overcompensation. So I look forward to you potentially purchasing the book and it being something very meaningful to you to support you in your individual growth that then lends to your professional growth. That's excellent. You know, Tracy, I I interview um, quite a few folks over the last couple of months since I started this Leadership and Spotlight show. And a lot of them have been Uh, friends of mine. And you and I have have never met before, but you follow the same path that a lot of them did in in some ways. I worked with a lot of of friends that I worked with in my Disney days, my Universal days, and eventually they got to a point, voluntarily decided, you know what, I want to do this. And they went out on their own and they're fairly, very successful. Uh, I've I'm following the same path. I figured, hey, if they could do it. That's right. <laughs> you know, Jake, That's Dennis, right. Mike. Okay. If you guys could do it, That's you know, right. I'm going to do it too. So I love that aspect of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship. You know, I, I told you, I jumped, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane to become an HR consultant out on my own a couple months before COVID hits. Mm-hmm. You took a a path, not similar to mine, but you took a path where you had a plan to to move out and be an entrepreneur. But talk to me about that and talk to our viewers about that, about being an entrepreneur and that journey and what was driving you and all that great stuff. Awesome. I think it's so very important that people, and I love the fact that you put the time in to become a subject matter expert. What we're finding, and, and I've learned this, Um, in the last 10 years is everybody who is displaced calls themselves a consultant. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and I do know that all consultants are not created equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have really put in the work to become the subject matter expert that you need to be to be able to call yourself a bona fide consultant versus having a little bit of information and wanting to, to just totally be out on your own. And it's okay to have an entrepreneurial spirit, but make sure that you've got something that can stand the test of time. Uh, and so for me, after sitting on a lot of boards of directors, giving away a lot of free HR advice, uh, I had literally come up with the fact that, you know what, there's a market for small to mid-sized companies to benefit from high level HR expertise that's scaled back to be more feasible for them financially. And so after giving away a lot of advice, I had to look at, okay, what would the business model be? It was very thorough and thoughtful planning. I wasn't one who ever wanted to work from my my basement. So I wanted to do all things right. And when you're at Coca-Cola, they don't groom you as an HR leader. Whatever your function is, that's great but they grow you into a well-rounded business leader. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember being in some very impressive leader development um, types of trainings abroad, as well as in the US. And they were all around looking at the balance sheet, the PL, how do we effectively run business? However, making sure the right balance of focus is on human capital because your human capital strategies are what are going to drive your organizational strategies. And so coming from an accounting background, I've always only known strategic HR. So that was always my differentiator because I got the business value proposition and I don't just do HR speak. Mm-hmm. It's about how do these things really move our mission and move our value proposition. And again, driving incremental engagement, so that if it's a great place to work, not employer of choice, but is it, if it's a great place to work, you're going to get that incremental engagement. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, one of the other mantras that I operate from that I, I, I hung my hat on and the, the head of the owner of Coca-Cola attests to this in the book, my capacity to acquiesce with leadership and to connect with CEOs and CFOs was profound. And so being able to meet them where they are has everything to do with how healed and whole I am as a leader. And Mm -hmm. so being very fortunate, as I said, to be in the right place at the right time, I've had the opportunity to score very highly on my capacity to coach executives. And so those are all things that small to mid-sized companies need. Large companies need it as well. So we do project work for larger companies as well. But I wanted to be able to offer something very comprehensive in the HR HR space from the administration side of the spectrum all the Mm -hmm. way to the strategic side. That's awesome. You know, you said something that um, rings true or resonates with me in that I teach for a seminar company and I teach a lot of new people that are just getting into HR or HR with those newly hired responsibilities, things like that. And one of the things I tell them is um, to be more valuable, learn how your company makes money and learn how to read financial statements and PL because you're going to be sitting in these meetings. And if you are invited, you're going to be sitting in these meetings, they're going to be talking about the PL and right. the financial statements. 
and you want to be able to show understanding. And that's, that's huge so that you can be part of that business rather than you're trying to sell training and trying to sell HR ideas and everyone's looking at you like, have you not read our numbers yet or right. anything along those lines? And I will add to that what I take that even a step further and speak to true strategic HR is about translating organizational strategies into human capital strategies. Mm -hmm. And when you can translate that, then you can get the support that you need to move human capital strategies forward with the buy-in because nobody wants to just have HR speak. And, and, and I'm finding this, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but you'll go on and you'll look on LinkedIn and I'll see people that I know full well don't have the experience, but they got all the HR verbiage down. Somebody who's been in HR five years, they've done talent management, succession planning. They've done everything. And I'm like, they were a generalist about five years ago. Tell me how they captured everything in the HR space and became a subject matter expert in, in five years. Really interesting. But right. that's that HR speak, because if you peel that onion one layer beneath the surface, there's nothing there. And we don't want to be those people. Right, right. And folks, HR speak is very much alive. I talk about that at times in my classes too. Well, this is um, this has been great seeing you, Tracy, and meeting you and, and talking about this. I, uh, I'm excited to go out. I want to get your book. And is there anything that I've missed? Anything else you maybe want to add that I didn't touch on? No, I encourage people to get the book. Get the book. It tells you a lot about the journey. More importantly, I want people to be able to connect with, to your point, if they're going through something, they've gone through something. Every stage is represented in the book. And hopefully it will help them be a better version of themselves. So they can find it at tracylhunt.com. Go on to Amazon. It's called Silent Overcomer. It's on Amazon. I encourage you to go there. But if you're looking for me on any platform, if you go to tracylhunt.com, you can get to Total HR Solutions. You can get to my Facebook page. You can get to my LinkedIn. You can get to my Twitter. tracylhunt.com will get you to every space that you need to, to find me on. But please go on, buy the book, put a review out there. It is something that I have really, I take a lot of pride in it now because I'm seeing exactly how much it's helping people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say, folks, if you're in a leadership position or you've been wanting to move into a leadership position and you're, you're in the, and you feel like every day you're going to work, you're still acting and you're like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I? just absolutely engage or something holding me back. And why mm -hmm. can't I open that, that door? Mm -hmm. This may be the answer to that question. This book absolutely. may be the answer to that question. Awesome. awesome. Tracy, thank you. And that's Tracy, by the way, folks, T-R-A-C-E-E. -E. And I'm going to have all of those notes down below in the, um, in the comments section. Excellent. Okay, Tracy, author, business owner, HR executive, guru, Tracy Hunt, Thank in you. addition to person, leader, and organization. They all 
connect folks, build the person, build the leader, grow the organization. I love it. Tracy Hunt, thanks for joining us on the HR and Leadership Spotlight Show today. Thank you so much for having me. 